Please give it up. I know it's going to be entertaining and revelatory. Josh Moss. Thank you, Chris. You guys are awesome. How many of you are glad to be here today? How many of you, I know I say this every time I'm up here, how many of you are so thankful for our worship team? Let's be real clear. I've been in church my whole life, and I've been in churches that had no idea what worship was. This house knows what worship is. And you know what? If we would have just worshiped the whole time, and Chris is like, you know what? Sorry, Josh, you're not preaching today. I would have been like, that's perfectly fine. Why? Because here at Encounter, we prioritize the presence of God. It's not prioritize Josh when he gets to come up and speak. Am I honored to do it? Absolutely. Are we going to have a good time? You better believe we are. Right? But we prioritize the presence here. So I got to get, I got a bone to pick with a few of you before I actually get started though. So I was supposed to, to preach two weeks ago. That would have been February 13th. Anybody know what happened on February 13th? The Super Bowl. For those of you who don't know, your boy up here is a Cincinnati Bengals fan. Don't owe me. And some of you, Pam, was wearing Rams gear at church. That No, no not come on. Who said come on? And you see, here's the thing. I know that some of you were praying for the Rams to win. Lord, forgive them before they know not what they do. Jesus, we bless them and honor them. Amen. Um, so, anyways, the Bengals will be back. You heard it here first, all right? You laugh until it happens, all right? So, hey, I want to talk about kids. What? The, the Chargers are what? Lord, forgive Chris, for he knows not what he does. We bless him in Jesus' name. Amen. All right. So um, for those of you who don't know or can't read, I'm not insulting you, but I am the kid's director. It says it right up there. I look like a kid. I am a big kid. That's why I work over there, right? But if you've ever been over there, every single week, it looks like something different. Well, we go like in like pockets. So right now it looks like the Olympics over there right? And it is awesome, and the kids are excited, and we're talking about their dreams. And we're talking, see, because kids can dream. And I know I say this every single time, and I'm going to continue to say it every single time. There is no junior Holy Spirit. The same Holy Spirit that you have access to, those kids have access to as well. And not only that, but those kids can and do prophesy. Those kids can and do worship. Those kids, if you want to be touched by God, just go hang out with them. If a kid comes up to you and says, I got a word for you, just go like this. Because they don't just make stuff up. When they hear from God, when they come up to me and they say, oh, Pastor Josh, I got a word for you. I'm just like this. Why? Because the kids know what the presence of God is. And they, they, they tap into heaven. They know what it means to bring heaven to earth. So, 
If your kids come and start talking about their dreams, just listen, because they got good stuff to, to say about it. Everybody just lift up your hands. Jesus, we thank you. God, I thank you for the opportunity to come and just share your words. God, they're not mine. They're yours. But God, we just welcome your spirit. You're already here, but we just welcome you. Do what you want to do and do what you do best. We love you, Jesus. We bless you. In Jesus' name, everybody says amen. amen. So before, I want to, this applies to what I'm going to talk about, but see, I'm a night person, right? And I, I don't wake me up at four in the morning and those people who wake up crazy early to work out, God bless you. I can't do it. I'm not one of those people. I'm just not. I am a night person, but when I have to go to sleep, my brain has to like wind down, right? So I, have, I, I am on this thing called TikTok. I love TikTok. And I'll, I will watch TikTok, right? Sometimes it's like 10 minutes and I'm like, okay, I'm good. Go to sleep. Sometimes I'm like on TikTok for like an hour. I'm like, how is an hour pass? I'm watching 20 second videos. I don't understand. But this one day, I saw this like sad video. It was a good video. You know, I gave it a little like, a little thumbs up. Oh, that was good. But it was, a, it was sad. It was a sad little thing happening. So then the next day, when I got on TikTok to wind down again, like every single video was sad. I wanted to laugh. I wanted to hear people sing. I want to hear people talk like their dogs or whatever, right? But every single video that I watched was sad. And I was like, why is every video sad? Because of one video, I was like, oh yeah, that's a good video, but it was sad. So what I had to do for the next like hour, I had to go through TikTok and watch, like I had to literally search for like funny videos, search for people like singing in the videos. For, why? Because I, I had to like, what's the word I'm looking for? I had to like purge and change the algorithm to be what I wanted it to see. But it took time. It took effort. I had to go in and what it was designed for me, I had to go clean it up. And not that what those things were bad, but sometimes we have to look inside of our heart and say, what needs to be here in this moment and what does not need to be here in this moment? So I wanna tell you what I saw for 2022. What I saw for 2022 when I was praying about it, I saw the church on the hill, on, on, on top of this hill. But the walls were interesting because the walls were fabricated by man. They weren't fabricated by God. And inside the church, there was oil, and the oil was filling up in this temple. And I felt like God said, it's time to take down the man-made walls that we've built up over the last two years and let the oil run out again. And when that happens, rest is going to come your way. When that happens, the prophetic is going to be released in a new way. When that happens, you're going to get encouragement. You're going to see grace. You're going to see prosperous. You are going to see miracles. But it's these man-made walls that we've put up. we got to take them down. The oil is about to flow. And it's, I feel like this is the year of overflowing overflowing in your life. If you need to be, if you need a miracle in your business, the Lord is going to pour out on you. If you need some wisdom and revelation, the Lord's going to pour out on you. If you've been 
going through this or that, and you're like, Josh, you don't understand what I've been through. You're right. I don't. But what I do know is God is bigger than whatever you're going through. And God's oil and his anointing and his presence is going to be poured out on you in a whole new way. I'm excited Pastor Chris brought up Eugene. Eugene, you're going to start seeing new things. There's going to be new opportunities. There's going to be new doors that are opened up to you because you chose to say yes. Because you chose to say yes to the presence of God first. That it's not about you, Eugene. Every single time I've talked to you, you've not brought up one thing that you do. And that's not because what he doesn't do is great, because what he does is great. But because he prioritizes the presence of God, God is going to pour out on you. Everybody just stretch your hands towards Eugene. Lord, I just bless this man of God right now. God, this is your chosen one. And God, he's chosen your presence. He's made you a priority. When it was inconvenient, when it was uncomfortable, and when the people in his industry said, that's not what you're supposed to do. He says, but my God reigns, and my God sits on the throne. And so we just lift up Eugene right now. Open doors that no man can open, and closed doors no man can shut. In Jesus' name, amen. Love you, Eugene. What a man. Eugene is a legend, far more legendary than I am. So. so today I want to talk about that high place. What is the high place? If you read in the Bible, specifically in Kings and Chronicles, you hear about these kings and what's called the high place. Everybody say the high place. See, thank you very much for just being a participant. I can't, English is hard. It's fine. Thanks for participating because it makes me, like, I don't know, it keeps my wheels going, right? But the high place was the place of worship. Now I'm going to rock some theology right now. You know, this, these four walls in here is not your place of worship. We come here to worship together. But where is your place of worship? Right here. Where is your place of worship? Right here. It's not when you just come in here and sing with Paige. Right? When you're singing, Chris. No, no, no. Worship is about the position of your heart, church. What is the position of your heart? I'm a big sports fan. I was at the Golden Knights game. Lord Jesus, bless the Golden Knights. They need you more than ever. But the three goals they had scored against them, somebody was not in position. What is the position of your heart, church? But if you look through, we're going to talk about six kings real quick. And what they did with the high place. It starts with David, the man after God's own heart. And in 1 Chronicles 21, we're not going to read it. I'm just going to tell you the story of what happened. The prophet comes to David and says, it's time to, to make an altar. It's time to make a place to worship God. So you need to go and see this man named Ornan. In some versions, he has a different kind of name, but his name is Ornan, O-R-N-A-N. And, and you're going to go to the threshing floor, the place of work. And so David does what the Lord tells him to do. He goes and sees Ornan. And he says, Ornan, I need this threshing floor to build an altar to God. Now, Ornan was 
He supported the king. King, have whatever you want. It's yours. But David said something really interesting that is so important to us today. David says, no, I will pay full price for it. Ornan said, you can have it for free. How many like free? If you didn't raise your hand, you lying. Because free is better than having to pay. I don't care what anybody says. But he says, I must pay full price for this threshing floor. And then he says something very profound. Because he says, how could I offer to God that which cost me nothing? Let me say that again. How can I offer to God that which cost me nothing? It cost David something. And guess what? The high place of your heart is going to cost you something, church. It doesn't come free. There's people vying for your attention. There are things vying for your attention. There are sad TikTok videos that went to wreck your For You page. But it's going to cost you something. It cost me about an hour and a half of going through this dumb application to get rid of the sad. It cost me something. I cannot get that time back. It cost me something. So then I want to talk about the five kings of Reformation. It starts with his son, Solomon. See, there were three types of kings if you read through Chronicles. One time the Lord said, Josh, I just want you to read through Chronicles. I'm like, what a dumb thing to do. Hey, sorry, me and Jesus have real conversations. And sometimes God tells me to do stuff and I tell him it's dumb. I do it because he told me to do it, but sometimes I say it's dumb. Because if you read through Chronicles, Jimmy begot Frank, who begot Ted, who begot Steve, who begot Jimmy, who begot Fred again, who begot Solomon, who begot... And you're like, this, why am I reading this? My head cannot handle what is happening right now. But if you read, there's three types of kings in Chronicles. Number one, they were kings who did evil in the sight of the Lord. Side note, because of what's going on, I believe Putin's going to get encountered by Jesus. I don't agree with him. I don't have to like him. But I believe and I pray that he gets encountered by Jesus. Jesus encounter Putin right now. As he does these evil things, encounter him. Like you encountered Nebuchadnezzar. As you encountered these evil kings, God encountered Putin right now in Jesus' name. So the first set of kings... Who kings who did evil in the sight of the Lord. Then there was another set of kings who did good in the sight of the Lord. All right, we're progressing here, folks. That's good. But, which is a real funny word in the English language, but means forget everything I just said and remember what I'm about to say, right? If I say, Lee, I like that shirt. He's going to be like, wow, that's very nice. But if I say, but, those glasses are dumb, they're not dumb. They're great because I have glasses that look like them and that, wouldn't, that doesn't work, right? 
But if I tell him that his glasses are dumb, what's Lee going to remember? Not the fact that I said his shirt was nice, but the fact that I said his glasses were dumb. So here's what happens. These kings did good in the sight of the Lord, but did not restore the high place. King after king after king. There's 37 chapters. 37, I think. I think there's 37. That goes king after king after king. And there's only five. Only five restored the high place. Only five restored the place of worship. Solomon. He built the temple. And it says, and Solomon did what was right in the eyes of the Lord, and he restored the high place. But you know, when people talk about Solomon, they always associate one word, wisdom. He was a king of wisdom. But why was he wisdom? Why was he full of wisdom? Because he chose to restore the high place, church. There is wisdom and revelation that God releases to you when you restore those high places. Those things in your heart that you say, you know what? I probably need to look at that. I probably need to look at that. And what happens is God blesses you with wisdom and revelation. And then you move on. To Asa, 2 Chronicles chapter 14, verse 2 and 5. Asa did what was good and right in the sight of the Lord. And Asa removed the idols from the high places, from all the cities of Judah. You ready for this? Very next sentence. And the kingdom was at rest and undisturbed under his reign. You know how many people had said that about? Zero. No other king didn't say that about. Not one. But there was rest in, in the kingdom, and they were undisturbed. Church, when you clean out your high place, there's rest. Some people have been, have been dealing, I feel like this right here in my heart. I feel like some people have been trouble sleeping at night. And you're only getting maybe three or four hours of sleep and you're waking up like a zombie. And you're like, God, I just want to rest. I just want to sleep. I'm not calling anybody out, but look at your high place. And God will give you rest. And then you move on to Asa's son, Jehoshaphat. Woo, I love Jehoshaphat. He's so good. Second Chronicles chapter 17, verse 3. Through six. And for time, I'm, I'll just tell you what happens. But Jehoshaphat, it says, and he did what was right in the sight of the Lord. And he restored the high places and went all through Judah and restored the high places. But what's really interesting, let me pull it up real fast. Uh, da, 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 da. I had it pulled up. There it is right here. And his heart was encouraged, and he took great pride in the ways of the Lord as he removed the high places. Church, if you need encouragement, look in your high place. There's wisdom and revelation. There's rest, and there is encouragement, church. There's encouragement. 
So that way when the position of your heart is towards the father, that's what I love about those kids. They jump around and do all these dances that I make up and I'm like, I'm old. I can't do them anymore. But when I look at them and I just see their heart, they don't care. They just say, Jesus, all we want is you. All we want is you. But the encouragement comes. You know what also comes from that place of worship? Victory. Victory comes in the place of worship. If you've been battling, you're going through this or that, guess what? The victory is in the place of worship, church. Jehoshaphat did something really cool. He had to go to war. They wanted to fight him. So Jehoshaphat was a good leader. He brought him out, and he said, it's time to fight. We got to fight. But this interesting thing happened. Because the first thing that he did was arranged the singers and the worshipers. The singers and worshipers. There was lines upon lines upon lines. There was people more gifted to be on the front lines than the people who were there. But the worshipers led the charge. Ready for the spoiler of this story? Second, this is in Second Chronicles 20 if you want to read it. They started to worship. They started to sing and play their instruments. And God confused the enemy. They started fighting each other because they were worshiping. They're like, what is going on? They got witchcraft up there, and now it's your fault, Jimmy. No, it's your fault, Steve. Oh, yeah? And they start fighting each other. They had to do nothing except worship. All they had to do was worship. And what's really interesting when Jehoshaphat, verse 25, 2 Chronicles 20, 25. When Jehoshaphat and his people came to take their spoil, they did not, they didn't do any, they just sang to Jesus. They just worshiped. When they came to take their spoil, they found much among them, including equipment, garments, and valuable things which they took for themselves. More than they could carry away. So much that it took three days to get the stuff. All because of why? Because one man said, no, we will be a people who chooses to worship God. At this church and encounter, we will choose to worship God. We choose to prioritize the presence of God. Get that other junk out of here. We don't need it. There's two more kings. Now let me just say this. The interesting thing about these particular five kings, Judah was prosperous. They were successful. Nobody was defeated. You know when the evil kings reigned? Judah got dominated. When the kings didn't restore the high places, Judah got dominated. But when the king said, no, 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 we will be a people who prioritizes the presence of God, Judah prospered. Judah was successful in war. There was rest. There was wisdom. There was revelation. Then you got Hezekiah, 2 Chronicles 29. And it says, and Hezekiah did what was right in the eyes of the Lord, and he restored the high place. And what's really funny is if you, if you read them, 
It says, and they did as their father did. But it didn't say their actual father. It says, they did as their father David did. Why? Because David established the high place. He says, this will be a place of the presence. This will be the place of the presence. And Hezekiah prospered. It says, and he, he prospered under his reign. But what's interesting is Hezekiah got sick. He was going to die. But he prayed and he said, God, let your will be done. He got healed. There are miracles, church, in that place of worship. There are miracles. Some of you have had pain for far too long. And you said, I just have to deal with this. Guess what? I landed across the bar of a trampoline when I'm 16 years old. But I said, no. I'm not going to have back problems the rest of my life. Because my God is bigger than back problems. I took a hockey puck right to the kneecap. About as hard as I possibly could take it. Never had to see a doctor or anything like that. It hurt for a few days, but I said, God, you are greater than the pain of my knee. So if you need a miracle, God is there for you. And in that place of worship, there is miracles, signs, and wonders waiting for you. The kingdom of heaven is at hand. Just grab it. Grab it. It is right there. The last one is Josiah. Second Chronicles chapter 34. And Josiah did what was right in the eyes of the Lord, and he restored the high place. But it was in that high place that the prophetic was released. Josiah started welcoming the prophets. Jeremiah came, and these prophets we read about. And they came. And the prophetic was released because he said, this will be a place of worship. And he restored the high places. But the other thing that he did was grace was released under Josiah's reign. Time after time, there was people who wanted to combat with Josiah. But because he chose the high place, there was a grace that was released under his reign. So let's go over what happens when we restore the high places of our heart and of our mind. Wisdom, revelation, rest, the prophetic, miracles, grace, encouragement. All of that happens when we say this, this high place will prioritize the presence of God. Let's talk about Jesus. The king of glory. You know what's interesting? If you read Matthew chapter 1, you read the lineage of Jesus. Jamie begot Frank, who begot Ted, who begot Steve, who begot, right? And it goes on and on. Once again, Jesus had me read this one time. I was like this. What, what am I doing right now? But if you read between Matthew chapter 1, verse 6 through 10, every single king that we talked about is in the lineage of Jesus. Every single one. You know what's also interesting about those kings? They're the only six kings in the entire entirety of all of those kings they talk about. And this was the works of this king. 
These were the reforms of this king. This is what this king did. It doesn't say it about any other king. Only the ones who restored the high places, church. Only those. But Jesus, he understands what the high place means. Where's the first place you see Jesus after he's born? In the high place. He's a child talking to the elders. It says they were amazed by his words and amazed by his answers and amazed by his intelligence. What was Jesus doing? Jesus was rocking the high place of the people in the church. And he was only a kid. That's the first time you see Jesus in the temple. Anybody know the other big time we talk about Jesus in the temple? Oh, yeah, when he came and started flipping chairs and tables and saying, no, 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 no. This is a place of worship. This is the place of prayer. And what happened? He cleaned the high place. He did it with a whip. Jesus looked a little crazy that day. Let's Actually, real talk, Jesus probably looked crazy a lot of the times. But let's be clear, Jesus doesn't care because he prioritized. He only did what he saw the Father doing. He only said what he heard the Father speaking. So the two big times that we see Jesus in the high place, you know what's cool about when a lot of people read, oh yeah, Jesus came in with the whip and he drove people out, and then we stop reading. You know what the very next sentence is? And the lame and the blind came and were healed. Didn't we just say that? When you restore the high place, miracles happens for you, church. What miracles do you need? And are you worshiping? I can't answer for you. I can only answer for me. But are you worshiping? Lee, if you would come. So I want to, I heard this one time, but I want to tell it to you guys. We got five more minutes. Are we good with this? Five, five more minutes? Yeah? Perfect. Four and a half. All right. Well, this isn't an auction. And if it is an auction, I'm not sure if you know how auctions work. We don't go down. Five, six minutes, do I hear? Ten minutes, 20 minutes, three hours, three hours, three hours, four hours. Praise God. I'm going to be preaching for five hours. I need more notes. I'm right here. I got this much left. So we're going to say, I'm going to pick on Pastor Chris. Uh-oh, Pastor Chris in trouble. Big trouble. See, Pastor Chris has four kids. They're awesome. I love all of them. He's an awesome wife. You know what? Sometimes their trash can gets full. Chris, does your trash can never get full? Big time. Big time. So we're going to say it's Chris's job. He's got to take out the trash. We're going to say one week. He doesn't take out the trash. He doesn't take out the trash again. He doesn't take out the trash again. Anybody know what's going to happen to his trash? It's going to start to smell. And then if he keeps his trash there for some more, he's going to start getting bugs. And then after he starts getting bugs, he's going to start getting spiders. Then if he still doesn't take care of it, he's going to start getting rats. Church, you don't have a rat problem. You have a trash problem. Come on, Josh. 
so many people look and say, oh my goodness, I have a spider problem. No, you don't. You have a trash problem. Take out your trash. People talk all the time about doing stuff in the physical that represents something in the spiritual. Here you go, church. Take out the trash. I'm not saying everything in your heart is garbage. Maybe some of it is. But what I'm saying is where is your high place? You don't have a rat problem. You don't have a spider problem. You don't have a bug problem. You don't have a smelling problem. You have a trash problem. Take out the trash. That's not like condemning any husbands who haven't taken out the trash lately either. But take out the trash, church. Transform your high place. I'm going to read this. Romans chapter 12, verse 1 and 2. We know this. Everybody knows this. But I'm going to read in the Passion Translation. Beloved friends, this is verse 1 and 2, Romans chapter 12. What should be our proper response to God's marvelous mercies? To surrender yourself to God. To be a sacred living sacrifices. And live in holiness, experiencing all that delights in his heart. For this becomes your genuine expression of worship. Stop imitating the ideals and opinions of the culture around you. But be inwardly transformed by the Holy Spirit through a total reformation of how you think. This will empower you to discern God's will as you live a beautiful life, satisfying and perfect in his eyes. It didn't say you're going to be perfect. It didn't say that. It said you're going to be perfect in his eyes. But we know that as be transformed by the renewing of your mind. Wait a minute. I am no English professor by any means at all. I'm bad at English. English is hard. But it's one of the only verses that is past tense, present tense, and future tense all in the same sentence. Be transformed, ED, past tense. Right? So being transformed, being present tense, transformed past tense by the renewing future tense of your mind. God wants to live, wants you to live in this perfect high place. Because this will empower you to discern God's will as you live a beautiful life, satisfying and perfect in his eyes. If you can't stand with me, church. I know this was kind of intense. That's okay. I know God's doing good things. In fact, God's doing great things. And God's going to continue to do great things in this place. I'm excited. I'm excited for you. And God's going to start releasing new things. Dreams. Signs. Wonders. Miracles. The prophetic's going to be released. So if you would just lift up your hands. It's the universal sign of surrender. But it's also the sign that says, Daddy, 
I want to be in your arms. I got a six-year-old daughter every single time. She runs up to me and she just holds up her hands. I don't care how big she is. I don't care how strong I think I am or I'm not. I will always pick up my daughter every single time. Chris scared me. I didn't even know it was there. But God is doing great things. And the Father wants to pick you up. So Jesus, we just say yes to you. We choose to prioritize the presence, just like David, just like Solomon, just like Asa and Jehoshaphat and Hezekiah and Josiah and even you, Jesus. God, we choose your presence. God, where there's areas in our heart that we might be blinded to, God, open up our eyes. Open up our eyes so we can restore our high place. We love you. We bless you, Jesus, in Jesus' name.